Hi everyone. Welcome back to Memory Maze, taking wrong turns and right decisions with Alzheimer's. It's me, your host, Jen, and today we're diving into a topic that has become very difficult on this journey with Pat. It's called sundowning, and when I first heard the term, I had no idea how that related to my dad's behavior. Now, sundowning isn't some quirky personality trait. It's a common phenomenon experienced by 60 to 80% of people with Alzheimer's. Think of it as a late-day tantrum thrown by the disease itself. It can come on in the late afternoon, early evening, and span for several hours. The fading light, disrupted routines, and changes in brain activity all team up to create a perfect storm of anxiety, confusion, and sometimes agitation. For you parents out there, sometimes I relate it to the witching hour. Remember when you had a new baby, and usually around dinner time, when the day was ending, they always seemed to be agitated or have a crying fit. Well, it seems Alzheimer's has a witching hour of its own. But why? Well, the science isn't fully settled, but here's what we know. Sunset disrupts our inner clock. That little timer in our brains gets thrown off by the dimming light, leaving our loved ones feeling lost and out of sync. It's like imagining someone waking up in the middle of the night. That's kind of what their world feels like. Brain chemistry takes a nosedive. Sundowning coincides with a dip in certain brain chemicals that keep us calm and collected. It's like the chill button gets stuck on off, leaving anxiety and confusion to run wild. And the familiar turns strange. Shadows lengthen, they morph into monsters, furniture rearranges itself in their minds, and their safe haven can suddenly feel like a hostile foreign land. Now imagine my dad, Pat, spending his first night in his new assisted living apartment. We had been there all day moving him in. It's a beautiful place, furnished with all of his favorite things, his own furniture, family photos on the wall, his big screen TV, and even his cat, Lily. But as dusk settles, the sundowning monster rears its ugly head. Suddenly, he's trapped in what he calls some fleabag motel, and his familiar surroundings are feeling alien and hostile. He calls me, desperate and confused, asking when I'm coming to bring him home. He sends SOS texts in a group chat to all of his grandkids, offering to pay them generously if someone would come with a moving truck. He's called his granddaughter, who lives out of state, and whispered, Hey, if you just come get me, I won't tell anyone. He's even begged me for forgiveness for not being the best father, and that he'll try harder if we just take him home. And that's the one that killed me the most, because my dad was and is an amazing father. And my heart cracks every time. Hearing his distress through the phone is like salt in an already open wound with this disease. I know he's safe. I know we've made the right decision. 
but the guilt and the helplessness wash over me like a tidal wave. And it was hard for me to determine if these distress calls were based on a bad living situation or if this type of distress was to be expected. So at first, I answered every call. But I quickly learned that logic was not invited to the chat. I would spend hours on the phone trying to determine if something specific had happened or if he was in sundowning. I'd go round and round explaining where he was and why he was there, which while it left me heartbroken, it also confirmed that our decision to move him was the right one. Well, these calls and texts went on for 35 days straight, and they're continuing. But here's the thing. We can't drown in that wave. We have to learn to ride it. Sometimes the kindest thing I can do is not answer right away. And I can let the family know that they don't have to answer either because this is just a sad part of the disease and he won't remember this in the morning. And he didn't. And he felt badly that he was causing angst. So now you and I can both rest easy that his moment of distress is pretty short. The phone calls and texts, they're forgotten almost as quickly as they are sent. And I worked with the assisted living to have someone check on him and settle him in for the night. A bit of sleep aid was given to him, but I don't think it's really helped. He's a natural night owl. I actually think he still waits up for me to sneak back in past curfew like it's 1986. And dealing with sundowning, it's a me problem, not a him problem. Because I'm the one in this scenario that can make a sound decision. And I'm the one who can change my behavior and my reaction. So as far as coping, I just remind myself that it's a disease. And that the best thing I can do for my dad is to keep my emotions intact. I'll need to grow tougher emotionally because this disease isn't going to get any easier to handle. And after 35 days... I now turn my phone to silent at 8.30. And I figure, if there's an emergency, the assisted living team will handle it and they'll notify me because that's why he's there, so that he can be taken care of round the clock by professionals. And I can relieve myself from some of the duty that I had prior. And I can get some sleep and I can stay healthy for the time that he and I will have together. But back to why sundowning happens and what we can do about it. Experts continue to study this phenomenon, but there are some tricks to managing it. First, embrace the sunshine. Soak up the daylight with morning walks, afternoon picnics, anything to keep that natural light pumping its good vibes into their system. It helps regulate their inner clock and chase away the confusion. Keep a routine. Predictability is a superpower. Regular mealtimes, calming bedtime rituals, familiar faces. It's like building a sturdy bridge across their confusion. Knowing what comes next reduces anxiety and keeps them feeling safe. Create calm. Create a sanctuary within their environment. Soft lamps, soothing music, pictures of loved ones, Make it a familiar haven where shadows can't reach and anxiety can't linger. In a communication conundrum, 
So this is where things get tricky. We want to stay in communication with them, but those late night calls can break your heart. And sometimes ignoring them is the kindest thing you can do. They genuinely forget by morning. So explaining things when they're calm makes more sense. Remember, it's not abandoning them. It's protecting them from their own confusion. And while these are helpful hints, they aren't a guarantee. My dad prefers to sit in his recliner and watch endless shows on World War II, as if he doesn't already know how it ends. And his knees hurt with arthritis, so he doesn't always want to go outside and get the sunshine. So we do the best we can. In his room, it's filled with all of his familiar belongings, but he still wants us to get a moving truck. So understand that you may not get a perfect outcome. But remember, you're not alone in the twilight struggle. Sundowning isn't your fault. It can't be helped. It's just part of the journey. Your loved one isn't trying to be difficult. They're just scared. So breathe in, breathe out, and navigate this together one step at a time by understanding, adapting, and yes, sometimes letting go. You make the darkness a little less scary and a little more bearable. That's all for today. Thank you for being a part of this community and shining light on this journey. Until next time, stay strong, stay kind, and never forget to laugh.